The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Inspired, informed, motivated, and recharged on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Every day is a stellar day on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Let's get this party started. Cynthia will be back to kick it all off after this break. is talking the world talk radio variety channel apathy violence and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country you can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting be the star you are charity a 501c3 that empowers women families and youth through improved literacy positive media and tools for living visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Bethestarur.org. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, how are you? This is Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are so glad that you were with us every week on our Power Hour right here on the Airwaves, broadcasting live with you, the miracle moment for today, it is a bright sunny day, is by Margaret Atwood, and it is in the spring, at the end of the day, you should smell like dirt. 
it seems like spring is a little bit here, doesn't it, Heather? At least this week. Oh, my goodness, I know. <laughs> all the rain, et cetera. Well, we have a really fun show for you today. We're going to start off with Alice in Wonderland. We'll talk a little bit about the history of it, the different films, and what it really means to have these adventures through the looking glass. In segment two, we'll be talking about cruising, sailing the, the blue seas on cruise ships throughout the years. And in our third segment, you're going to meet a teen phenomena. She is the, uh, the author of Ronnie and Bibi, and she's only 13 years old, and she is up for the best book um, of the state in the state of Georgia. So stay with us because we have a lot of fun things happening here. So uh, as Alice in Wonderland, Heather, you told me about it. You went to go see the movie in IMAX 3D the day that it came out or the first weekend it came out. Got me Mm -hmm. so excited about it. Had to go see it. And in less than two weeks, Disney's uh, fantasy has already grossed more than $200 million, becoming mm, the goodness. first uh, uh, 2010 release to do so, which is really exciting because this has been around for a very long time, ever since Lewis Carroll, whose real name was actually Charles Ludwig Dodson, <laughs> wrote Alice's Adventures in Wonderland back in the 1800s. So, Heather, let's take a, let's go down the rabbit hole and let's talk about Alice yeah. in Wonderland or Alice Underland, however we'd like yeah. to talk about that. Because well, what, is, what a phenomena this was. What a great movie and what a great story. Yeah, oh, my gosh, I love this movie. And one thing I just want to say I thought was so fascinating about Lewis Carroll, the, the author, is he um, was a, I think, a math a mathematics writer or teacher at the school, and so he wrote very serious things. Um, but he changed his name. How he came up uh, with this name is that he translated his name into Latin, then put it backwards, and then retranslated that back into English, and that's what the name became. Um, because he wanted to write more um, satirical, you know, funny stories, but he didn't want people, you know, from someone that it's writing, you know, very mathematical, strict. This is how things are. Writing to someone who's writing about this imaginative world, um, he didn't want his um, kind of fun writing to discredit his more serious writing. So that's why yeah, he and then we should say, you know, that the year we're talking about, he was born in 1832 in England. He mm-hmm. died in uh, January of 1896 at the age of 65. And as you said, not only was he an author, but he was a mathematician. He was an Anglican a clergyman, mm-hmm. and he was a photographer. And... He did want to get more into the fantasy literature, and this is where Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass uh, came to be. And the 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 Jabberwocky that was you know another one of his. Such an um, interesting interesting man. Yeah, but getting to um, Tim Burton's new. So we all know the wonderful Disney Alice in Wonderland, the cartoon that came out. Um, and gosh, before when I, you were less than a child. Um, and it was just so imaginative in this amazing world, you know, this wonderland um, of pure imagination. And so as a child, you know, I've always, I've always loved that story. I always loved that thing of falling down the bunny hole of this world where you can just anything you dream up, anything you can wonder up, um, you can. And you're kind of, you know, seeking out your own destiny. And then this, so the new movie, the Tim Burton movie that came out, I had to say going into it, I, you know, I had heard mixed reviews. I thought, 
it's probably going to be one of those movies that you have to be a huge Tim Burton fan or, you know, really you have to allow yourself to love it. Uh, and I just loved it. I, from start to beginning, I mean, visually, the story, everything. It, Tim Burton, I really feel that there were so many differences um, between the novel and the movie, but it's, he still uh, remains very, you know, very uh, true to some of um, the characters, as well as giving the characters. I mean, I loved the character development of the Mad Hatter. The Mad Hatter simply just wasn't nutty anymore. Now he was a character with actual depth. It was, there was a past. There was a storyline that connected um, why and who he was. And, and, and things I love, too, about, you know, the White Queen and the Red Queen, it seemed very reminiscent of almost uh, the Wizard of Oz, of this, this, the separation between these two sisters. Yeah, Gil, wasn't um, that interesting? That was the same. I felt the same thing. It was like the good witch and the bad witch. Exactly, and um, exactly, and and uh, one thing too, I loved just how strong Alice was in this. In the first, you know, in the cartoon, Alice was more of this child who, you know, was trying to navigate her world through this, her life through this adult world, and um, trying to um, understand adults. While in the new Alice in Wonderland, it was more of that, you know, she's grown up a little and then she's lived in this adult world and now she's back into this Wonderland and then now she's kind of creating, she's, she's finally, um, above land, she kind of had these, all these struggles and now she's finding her truth, she's finding her inner strength down here. And I loved, I just, one thing I just, I left after watching the movie, I left her such this good feeling inside. Um, not only because it was just, you know, Disney fun stuff, but I thought there were so many good morals. And I think, especially for young girls, I loved how Alice, um, I would have to say one, I loved well, her. She owned her power. I think that was what yeah, it was. I she had to really dig deep. In this version of it, she had to really dig deep in there and be a strong character. I mean, everyone, I think, is really familiar with the saying, you know, that from um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll's version, where she's asking directions and, and, uh, and she wants to know which road to take. And it's, well, what road, where do you want to go? Well, it doesn't really matter. And then mm-hmm. you say, well, any road will do. Well, this version was a bit different than that. She was very decisive, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I well, one thing I loved, you know, about you know, how they're saying, well, anybody will do. I loved in this one how everyone she met, she had to introduce herself, but no one believed who she was. You know, that she had to true because she truly didn't believe who she was yet. How she would say, "I'm Alice," and they'd say, "This, you're not, you're not. This is the wrong Alice. This is the wrong one," um, because they had thought of this girl with all this strength and. And she hadn't discovered that yet, and then through other people, and eventually she discovered her own strength. And, you know, they accused her of losing her muchness. Um, but it's the whole thing of that by, you know, by her taking the path less traveled, by taking, by creating her own path, her own destiny, she got her muchness, she got her inner strength. She became who the who this whole time, you know, she really was the right Alice all along. I just thought there were so many... Wonderful stories, um, but one another thing to just go with the beautifulness of the story is everyone you must see this movie, but you must see it in 3D. Um, oh my God, it was and, I've and never I think experienced. Also in the IMAX, it was a great way to see it. Was in the IMAX. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that they were all the same thing, the 3D. No, evidently you can go, and we, I saw it in IMAX as well, but yeah. I believe that you can just see it if you go uh, to the theater and you can see it in 3D. So you can see it in regular or you can see it in 3D, or you can see it in IMAX 3D, mm-hmm. which to me was the ultimate experience. Yeah, it is so cool. I just let, and I mean, just so visually amazing the colors. And what I loved is that it was still this cartoon world, but not cartoony. It was very artistic. Um, very, just something, very Tim Burton, if you know Tim Burton's films. And I have to say, I was just blown away, um, by the Mad Hatter character of Johnny Depp of just, I hope, I definitely hope next year for the Academy Awards, um, this movie wins something for, you know, makeup artists or, um, costume design. I was just so involved, um, in just the, the small little details of things and the colors, and I think what made it so great, what made the, the costumes and the colors so great is that everyone really had a backstory now. You saw so many things that, of the creatures and the characters that you were so unaware of um, before. And I, I think it's, I loved, you know, this, and I loved, I didn't know that the Mad Hatter was, you know, Scottish um, from the first one. There was just such character development. That well, you, able- you know, and I think this is something that all the different actors brought to the cast, from Alan Rickman to Anne Hathaway. I mean, she, you know, with her very red lipstick, she playing mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway playing the white, uh, the white queen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christopher Lee was in it, and the, the, everyone in it really created a very full characterization of what the uh, characters from the book were originally. And it differs a lot from, I think it differs from the book just in the fact that, as you said, we're, we're fast-forwarding. This is not her first trip down the rabbit hole. Mm-mm. And now she's and, come back as a teenager. And something, I wasn't uh, very familiar with it, but the same author, Lewis Carroll, wrote the second, the second, the follow-up story to Alison, looking, through the looking glass? Through the looking glass, right. And I'm unfamiliar. Did you ever read that novel? Now that I, when I was looking into this, I was like, there's a second story? Like, what? Um, you know, if you have read it, is it similar to this kind of partake of, of Alice being older, of this, of Burton's new look into it? Or? <clears throat> no, it's also, it's also different, but it is, ba- you know, it is going, it's been a long time actually since I, uh, since I read Through the Looking Glass. But many of the same characters are in it, and uh, this was just all part of this whole Alice's, you know, adventures. But it would be I, now that I've seen the movie again, I'm very inspired to see all the other movies that have been created because there's a there's probably about ten Alice in Wonderland movies that have been made in the last, you know, thirty years. That uh-huh. and I want to see I want to see both the animated ones and the actual ones, and I also want to go back and read the original version of Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which she wrote in 1865. And then I want to read Through the Looking Glass, which she followed up. That was 1872. And they were, they were supposed to be um, as, you know, satirical writings. And, of course, we look at them as children's books, but I'm not so sure they're always they're children's books if we go back and read them now as adults. But, um, I didn't get a chance to. I didn't get a chance to read it this week. So, and I have to always. I'm always 
been fascinated by that concept too. That I mean, even I have to say, I love Disney, but even Disney movies or just cartoons in general, things that I loved as a child. I feel when you watch them when they're older, you view it so. I feel in like some things sometimes they'll be kind of sexual innuendos that you never caught when you were a kid that you're like, what? Or the way they're they're talking about kind of big metaphorical things that as a, as a kid you just think oh, you just see it on the surface. It's like, oh, this is a really fun story. And then when you're older, you kind of find the hitting hidden in a positive light, you kind of find the more deeper meaning. Or well, maybe you know, it's interesting you say that because, um, you know, teenagers who grew up in the 60s and 70s with the Jefferson Airplane mm-hmm. uh, and the song um, that was called White Rabbit, which was yeah. written after this story, and it was all supposed to be about drugs and going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, you know, and go ask Alice when she was 10 feet tall, etc., but who really knows? So I think our homework for the next couple of weeks is go to the library or go into your bookshelf <laughs> and find an original copy of Lewis Carroll's pseudonym, you know, his pen name again for Charles Ludwood Dodson, and read um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which is the real, the real uh, title of it. It wasn't mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. It was no, Alice's it was Adventures, Adventures in Wonderland. And it was broken and then into up different with the looking glass. And I'm going to do that, and then we'll have to revisit this. But we'd love to know how you like this new movie. It, to, to both Heather and I, we had so much fun with it. And, again, that IMAX experience is really a terrific way to go. Yeah, it's Heather, give really out experience. the website. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.com, and MySpace.com forward slash Carmen Clutches, both of the K. Well, thank you, Heather, for uh, your background and some of the research on that. Of course, you know, this was one of those fun research things when you get just to get just get to go to the movies. I like that a lot. <laughs> when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about cruising the world. And then later on in the show, you're going to meet Nic- uh, Nicole Ismailov uh, with her book, Nick, uh, Bo- Ronnie and Bibi, which is a wonderful little children's story. We wanted to make sure that we had children's story today since we're talking about Lewis Carroll. So stay with us. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Oh, decisions, decisions, decisions. What do you do when you're working with an indecisive client? Do you get frustrated? I know that I do. 
Well, here are a couple of questions to ask yourself. Before you can really resolve the indecision flu, have the needs of your clients been clearly articulated? If not, ask them some questions. Do you understand what they're really looking for? Do the products or services you're offering meet the needs of your client, or would it be better just to refer your client elsewhere? Is the timeline for your products and services in sync with the timeline that the client needs things accomplished? If your client isn't clear on what he or she wants, are you able to, quote-unquote, read between the lines? The best way to do it is to rephrase or paraphrase the questions that he's asking you and ask them back to him. Ask for yes and no answers. Keeping the best interests of your client will serve you the best in the long run, and it will help you push a sale for a resident a client in the, whether he lacks trust in you or not. The question is, does he or she trust you? You want to serve their interests. It goes a long way to establishing a rewarding relationship, and you want your client to return for more business. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit star-style.com. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Thanks for staying with us. I am Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are radio show, where every week we try to bring you some interesting information and give you edutainment, as we like to call it. Well, before we start talking about cruising, I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about sailing the the seven seas, you know, on cruise ships. I have a friend that just left actually on a private yacht, which was kind of a great way to go for the Caribbean. But I just wanted to make a couple of announcements. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area in the next week, you would like you may want to go to the San Francisco Flower and Garden Show. As a garden writer, I really love going to garden shows and Try to see as many around the country as possible. But you can uh, find more information about the Garden Show by going to sfgardenshow.com. Tickets are $20, and they are good for all five days 
of the show, and there are over 300 exhibits and around uh, 250 lectures going on and vendors. So between vendors and lectures and exhibits, there's lots to see, sfgardenshow.com. A little information about Be The Star You Are, a couple of things that we are doing, so wanted to get you up to speed on that, is we have launched a new program called Letters for Literacy, whereby uh, volunteers have been sending letters out to people they know and colleagues and businesses and schools to let them know the importance of literacy and how it is a $20 billion cost to American taxpayers. Uh, illiteracy is a $20 billion cost to taxpayers. And to send these letters out, we need stamps. So we'd love you either to make a donation by going to be the star you are dot org and making a donation there online, or you could send stamps of any denominations, and the teens will put them on the letters. And you can do that by sending any stamps, again, any denomination, to P.O. Box 376. Moraga, M-O-R-A-G-A, California, 94556. And I'll put it to Be the Star You Are charity. And then one final thing that the teens and our volunteers are working on, we have launched Operation Haiti Relief, which now that Haiti is getting a little bit more settled with food and shelter and uh, medicine and all kinds of uh, support, we want to provide... And it's some entertainment and some leisure for these people. And it is a country of illiteracy, and the schools and the libraries do not have books, and what they did have were ruined in the earthquake in January. So Be The Star You Are is now working with ground uh, services in Haiti to get some books and uh, puzzles and other things like that that can just give them some relief and help them a, a bit. Uh, we need dollars for shipping. We do have plenty of books, but we just need the shipping dollars. Again, if you would like to donate to uh, the Haitian Relief, it's called Operation uh, Haiti Relief, you can go to be the star you are dot org. So thank you so much for helping Be The Star You Are help others. Well, I, this past week, besides getting to see Alice in Wonderland in IMAX, which was such a wonderful fantasy, as uh, you heard Heather and I talking about it, I also went to see a fantastic production at our local high school of Titanic, which was a musical uh, production. It seems strange, although that is what's happening uh, now, is that there is a musical that uh, is produced called Titanic, but they did such an amazing job at this high school, and it made me want to do a show on cruising. Now, obviously, Titanic was not a successful ship, and and it was most tragic that so many people died in the sinking of this ship that was not supposed to be uh, sinkable. However, cruising today is very safe, and it is such a pleasure to do that I would wanted to talk to you a little bit uh, about cruising. I mean, just if you can imagine taking a vacation and not having to wake up to an alarm clock at 6 in the morning and that you could actually be on a floating hotel with sounds of the sea lapping at, on your balcony, it, you would really know that it is more than a dream. 
to be able to cruise on all the seven seas throughout the world and to visit, to wake up in the morning to visit a new port every day. It is something that is almost beyond, um, beyond imagination, and once you've done it, you get hooked on it. As many of you may know, I have had the privilege, and I continue to do this for the past 10 years, I have been lecturing on cruise ships around the world, and several times a year I will take a cruise and I will uh, do a lecture in some part of the world, which has been really thrilling to be able to see these different parts. Many of the lectures I do are on piracy, so I'll dress up like a pirate, and I will talk about the pirates in that particular part of the world. Of course, I love doing Pirates of the Caribbean, especially since people are so familiar with the movie. There's Johnny Depp again. (laughs) However, I also lecture about gardening and uh, architecture and design and empowerment lectures through it all over over the world. And what's exciting about that is when you go on a ship, not only do you get your food and your entertainment and their sports, but you can also have lectures from uh, not just people like me, but really some very famous people and professors who are experts in their fields. And so it's really an amazing voyage for a very reasonable amount of money. You can take cruises as little as two or three days. They have them in the Bahamas, and they have them also, uh, I think it's a three-day cruise that goes out of um, either Ensenada or San Diego or Long Beach where it goes to Catalina and it, uh, possibly you can um, go to Cabo and back. But you can go on world cruises that can last anywhere from 80 to 157 nights. So you can actually cruise the world all in one voyage. What's been fascinating lately is that it has become a rather popular thing to do to get on these world cruises if you are a senior citizen. Many uh, seniors would, instead of you know, living in an establishment or in a, a senior living community, they will go on a cruise ship. And their itinerary can be from Singapore to Alexandria, or it can be from... St. John's in the Caribbean to uh, to Guayaquil in uh, Ecuador. It can be, you know, a completely around the world, or it can be just a short Middle Eastern or a Miami to London a cruise. There are many many cruise lines, from the ultra luxurious to just the budget cruise ships. And one thing that I found that's very interesting that that um, listeners may want to check out is online there is a website called Cruise Compete, cruisecompete.com. And if you're interested in cruising for any number of days and on any ships, you can go to this website and you can type in the area that you would like to go, whether, you know, if you'd like to go to the Caribbean or you want to go to Alaska or you want to go to Canada, and, and the, you don't have to put in the ships that you'd like to go on, but you can, and they will actually get bids back for your cruise to, uh, for, uh, from different travel agents who are all bidding to get your business, which is very interesting. So in that way that you can be assured that you're going to get a very good cruise for the amount of money you want to pay, and then you can check them out yourselves. 
Well, at the top of the line of uh, cruises, there are the Crystal Cruise ships, and I'm sure you've heard of those. There's Crystal Serenity. It, it sails actually a 108-night cruise, which is really rather, um, it's a very long cruise. I'm not sure I could cruise that long, but you're, you're cruising in absolute luxury. The Cunard Line, which is the Titanic, was actually part of the White Star Line, and um, they do talk about the Cunard Line, but that was that is what the Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Victoria, the the Queen Mary uh, too. Those are uh, cruise ships that are very lovely cruise ships too, and you can go from New York to Sydney on a 63 day, or even to Cape Town, or to uh, Dubai to Cape Town if you wanted to do something like that. And these are those some of the upper line uh, cruise ships. You all know there's Holland America, there's Royal Caribbean, there are uh, Princess, there's the Carnival cruise ships, and many of the cruise ships are owned, uh, there are several of them that are owned together. Regent Seven Seas is one of my favorites um, as well. I, I also really love Royal Caribbean. I think they just do a great job as, as far as a nice, a very nice uh, cruise ship. But You'll want to uh, check it, check out the different cruise lines before you go on it and check out the destinations that you'll want to go on. And there's also river cruising. If you'd want to go on special cruises to, for example, in Europe, you can go down the uh, Danube or you can go down the Rhine and you can go on these river cruises. You can go on canal cruises. What's wonderful about going on a cruise are the amenities that are involved. And Every cruise ship has a different style, and you can, again, as I said, you can go from luxury to family. You can have romantic times. You can have athletic times. There are senior cruises. There are single cruises. There are uh, disabled cruises. Uh, There are holiday cruises. There are fitness cruises. There are wine cruises. There are gourmet uh, cruises. There are expedition cruises. But usually on all the cruises, you're going to find gourmet food, Excellent entertainment, and there's Broadway-style shows. There are so many sports activities. The last cruise ship that I was on, which was a Royal Caribbean, it was a Mariner of the Seas. It's a sister ship to the Navigators. I've, I have worked on both of these. There's actually a climbing wall, a roller um, a rollerblading area. There is a ice rink with an ice show, just like the ice capades, which is pretty amazing, and a miniature golf course, as well as specialty restaurants on them. So cruising is a great way to have a vacation, and when you're looking for price, you can go for as little as $32 per person a day, and that includes all your food. It doesn't include alcohol and not soft drinks, but it does include uh, juices and um, iced tea. And all your entertainment, when you go on shore, shore excursions are extra. And some they have other things that are extra. If they're having wine tastings or they might have some kind of a, a special bar, you know, the bar drinks. Where cruise lines really make their money are on the cruise uh, excursions, the shore excursions, and also the specialty drinks and all the bar, uh, the bar items. Most people spend quite a bit on their bar. But you can you can find a cruise uh, in to any destination that is going to fit your needs. Now, 
When you get to a stateroom, there are usually three types of staterooms. There are inside rooms, there are outside uh, cabins, and then there are balcony cabins. The inside rooms have no windows. They have mirrors. So if you're claustrophobic, it's not going to work for you. It's a little bit harder. If you uh, get an outside cabin, the outside cabins do not have they do not have any um, windows in it. There's a window to see, but it, it does not open. The best way to travel, if you have the opportunity, is to travel with a balcony cabin where you can leave the door open, hear the waves lapping, and breathe in the fresh air. But whatever you decide to do, it's a fantastic, safe, wonderful way to travel. You meet wonderful people on not only on shore but on board both with the crew and with the with the uh passengers and I really think that you will have a memorable a memorable experience that will last a lifetime. And if you're traveling with families and friends, it's a great way to go. You pay everything in advance and all you do is have your tips and some of the the extras uh, later on. But again, try going to cruisecompete.com. It's a, it's a great way to go. And if you're interested in finding out about a cruise ship who actually gives back, I mean a cruise agency that gives back to charities and nonprofits, send me an email, Cynthia at star-style.com, and I'll give you information on the agency that I have worked with. We are going to be going to break, and when we come back, you are going to meet an amazing young lady who is only 13 years old and who has written a charming, adorable book for children called Ronnie and Bibi. Nicole Ismailov will be up with us in, when, in just a minute when we come back from break. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Don't go away. I really want you to meet this young person. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are.
World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestaryouare.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, it is always great to be here with you on the radio, bringing you such great authors and hopefully fun information that you can utilize in your life. Today is just very special because I work with teens, I love young people, and I love to see people reach for the stars and land on them, especially when young people are doing something that is important. Well, what do you think it's like for a young girl to be an author at age 13? Nicole Ismailov started writing when she was even younger than that, but now at 13 she has a book that's published called Ronnie and BB, but more than that, she's been nominated in the Georgia Author of the Year Award for this picture book. Now, not only that, but she's got a famous sister as well, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I want to welcome Nicole to Be the Star You Are. Thanks for joining us, Nicole. Oh, it was my pleasure. Well, congratulations, first of all. Are you so excited that your book is out and it's so beautiful and now you've been nominated for an award? I'm so, so excited. I mean, when I first wrote, you know, the book, I just thought, okay, I'll get a book published. I never imagined that, you know, it would be nominated for the award, for an award. Now I would get to talk on the radio about it. This is just so amazing. I still can't believe it. Well, see, this is what life's all about. I love it that you're starting so young, that you have a passion for writing and for communicating and for expressing yourself. And I wanted to also just give a shout-out about your incredible sister, Michelle, because Michelle actually wrote or published her first book, which was called The Pocket Watch, when she was 13. So you both have both were published authors at 13. Um, I look up to my sister because, you know, she, she's the reason I started writing my book. Um, you know, I saw, well, she, I thought, okay, if she can write a book. I mean, I can write it, too. But, exactly, you know, when I first... exactly. Well, now she is a freshman at Emory, and her newest book is The Galactin uh, Legacy, right? And she's also nominated for a Best Author Award in the Georgia State Competition, isn't she? Yes, she is. Well, see, that is very, very exciting. So we have, how does it happen that we have such a great family of writers? Do your parents write as well? Um, well, our, um, our parents, I mean, my parents don't write, but, um, my grandfather actually wrote a book. It's a Russian book, and it's about, um, uh, the World War II, and I, I guess my sister thought she would start writing because she saw the other members in our family wrote also, so I think writing has always been a part of our family. 
And so, and you just started really early. Well, let's talk about this beautiful book, Ronnie and BB. And the pictures are so beautiful. Valerie, I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name right. Is it Boothiet? I think that's right. She did the illustrations, just absolutely gorgeous. But you were inspired to write this book uh, for children when you were what, in your backyard one day and you witnessed uh, bees attacking a cat that were, was trying to catch a mouse. It was actually kind of funny because we all have um, some cats that sort of run around our backyard, and this cat's trying to catch a mouse. And I'm not quite sure how it happened, but somehow this hive of bees sort of, I don't know, got angry or something and went out and started stinging the cat like crazy. I mean, it was kind of funny to watch how, you know, the cat kept trying to get the mouse, but the mouse just ran off, and the bees went back, and the cat was sort of sitting there like, what happened? So it was almost like the, the bees were trying to save the mouse. That's where I got the idea for my book. Right, right. Well, I didn't know if you have, I'm sure you have your book there in front of you. Would you be willing to read a little bit of it for us? Because it's a beautiful short book, and it's, you know, I just think it would be great if you might uh, give us a few lines of it. Well, I would if I had my book in front of me. Unfortunately, I don't. You don't. Well, how about if I read a little bit, then? Oh, that would be great. Okay. I'm just going to read a little bit of the book from Ronnie and BB, and this is written by our author, who was our guest today, Nicole Ismailov, who is 13 years old. And she, she was inspired, as you just heard, in when she was in her backyard, and she found saw these bees attacking a cat. So I'm just going to read a couple of lines. The flower bloomed quite prettily. It was a sight for all to see. Hours passed, and from a hole, out popped a little mole. Ears raised, he stood and said, Winter's gone. The frost has fled. In the flower buzzed a bee. Hello there. My name's Ronnie. My, in that flower you look snug. Peeped the mole to the bug. Perhaps we'll be friends, asked the bee. The mole replied, I'm BB. So that's how we got the Ronnie and BB. So just tell us what happens in the story after that. So how does it, what does it go? What goes on in the book? Well, what happens is, so Ronnie and BB, you know, two friends, they decide to play hide and seek. And um, Ronnie buzzes off, you know, and BB goes out to find him. Well, while he's looking for him, a cat comes up and decides to have a little, make a little snack out of, well, BB. BB. But just when BB thinks everything's, you know, going to go wrong, his friend comes up and saves him. And are you still there? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. And so the bee, so I just heard a little buzz. So it was like I was, it was like the bee was buzzing. <laughs> so as so, uh, actually, Ronnie saves the friend. Yes. Saves the mole. You yeah. know, when you first told me about your book, I wrote a little note to your sister, Michelle, and told her that I had a little mole story that one day I would share with you. So I think I'll just say, share my mole story right now on the air. And this was, is both of my children, um, Nicole, are really crazy about animals, and they want to save everything, and we have a big menagerie that we have adopted. But when my son was maybe three, he found a mole, 
And it was just, it was alive, and it was just in the backyard, and he was wanted to take it to preschool with him. And I was concerned that since it was daylight, moles live underground, that it was probably sick and it probably was dying. Well, we put it in a box, and he took it to school, and he showed it to all the kids. And um, sure enough, the mole did not survive, and so the teacher put it in a brown bag and stuck it in the refrigerator so that we could bury it later. Well, unbeknownst to us, another teacher came along and stuck her lunch in the refrigerator, and when she went to grab her lunch later, she grabbed the wrong bag, oh, went out to it, it and had her lunch, in and inside was the mole. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, we weren't very popular at school after that, <laughs> after that experience. But when I read your book, it, I, you know, I had completely forgotten about that story. But I, when I read your book, it made me think of that, uh, of that mole experience that I had had myself. And it would have been helpful if Ronnie had, um, had actually, had, your bee would have scared away the mole so we didn't <laughs> take it to school. So tell us, um, Nicole, what's next for you? Well, right now I'm working on a longer novel, and it's, I've always wanted to write a book about dragons. I mean, I have tried writing, I don't know, three different books about dragons, and I would get so far in them, and then I just wouldn't know what to do next, like, at all. Just hit a wall. Well, this time, I'm writing a book, and I went ahead and, you know, planned the whole thing out, so I would know exactly what I'm going to write. So now I'm writing a novel, and I'm 100% sure I'm going to write it. And and it is about going into the jungle and discovering dragons. Yes. And how is it coming so far? Well, I only I only have about two chapters finished, but um I ha- but the two chapters the that's six thousand words. That's not a lot, but considering that that's I've a only lot writing, though. Well, when we look at when we look at Michelle, your sister's book, The Galactin Legacy, it is a very big book. It is a very thick book. That had to have taken her quite a long time to write. The interesting thing is that the very first draft actually took her two weeks to write because there was a publisher who said, well, we'll take a look at your book if you finish it in two weeks. Well, really? So, so is, now do you have a publisher interested in yours right now? Um, yes. The same person who did Ronnie and Bibi will um, hopefully publish my, the book about dragons. Wow, that's exciting. So they already have your a publisher. Now, can you tell people where they can get copies of Ronnie and Bibi? And it's just an adorable book. It's a great little a book to give uh, to anyone who has small children, and you can read it to them, or they can read it, or the, and the pictures are just fantastic. They're just great, great um, illustrations that are done. So where can people get your book? Well, right now, I believe the only place you can get it is from Amazon.com, but hopefully soon you will be able to find it at you know Barnes and Nobles and borders and stuff like that. But for now, it's just on Amazon.com. Well, we love Amazon. Amazon's great. You can find everything on Amazon.com. So the name of the book is Ronnie and Bibi, and it's written by Nicole Ismailov, and that's spelled I-Z-M-A-Y-L-O-V. So you can go to Amazon and uh, check it out and get the book there, and you won't be disappointed. So now, are you and Michelle thinking at all that you might uh, write together, maybe a writing team? Well, we um, are planning on eventually co-authoring a book. 
we already have thought of, you know, what the book's going to be about, but as for now, we're just going to be writing sort of by ourselves. But, I mean, whenever I, you know, do, whenever either of us write anything, we're always consulting each other. You know, we're Isn't that always... That's really great. You're like each other's writing group. Yes. You know, I wanted to ask you about your writing process because uh, in the book that I just finished, Be the Star You Are for Teens, I had, uh, but there were about 38 contributors to it and several of them were teens. And what we've been finding so interesting is how everyone had a different way of coming up with their stories. So do you write outlines? Do you just think about it and type it out? Do you work longhand? What is your process like? Well, if it's um, a shorter story, you know, like, I don't know, one in 50 pages, something like that, I'll usually sort of, you know, get a general idea in my head, like, okay, this gives me a story about a girl who, I don't know, um, has, um, goes on a road trip, I don't know, to Canada or something, and yeah. then I just start writing. But if it's a longer book, I mean, if it's something longer, like, you know, like 100, 200, 300 pages, what I'll usually do is I'll sort of type up, you know, like the general plot, like, first, you know, uh, so-and-so does this, then they do that. In the end, she gets to Canada and, I don't know, has a great time with her uncle. Who knows? So so do you write longhand or do you do it on the computer? I tend to do it on the computer. Uh, my handwriting is really messy. I'm constantly having to um, battle with my messy handwriting, you know, in school and stuff like that. And if I were to write all of my, all my stories... Um, you know, on a notebook or something, I probably won't be able to read them when I finish. Oh, I understand. I used to have wonderful handwriting when I was in grammar school and high school. And then once I became an author, I just think too fast, and I can't write at all now. I have to do all my writing on the computer. I mean, even a postcard. My mother always says, I can't read even your name anymore. <laughs> so I totally understand that. But it's, do you find, too, that the characters just come to you as you're writing? Well, usually at the beginning of the story, it'll be like, you know, I'm writing them. But um, this is sort of my advice to anybody. Um, when you get far into the story, the characters will almost seem to be real. Like they're almost telling you what they want to say, you know. Don't do something, don't write something that seems out of character. So are you taking any writing classes, or is it just you're just really coming from the heart? Well, I'm not taking any writing classes. I mean, I suppose that eventually I will, you know. But for now, all my writing is just, you know, just me. But I think what you just said is so exactly right. I interview lots and lots of authors, and everyone says the same thing when they write fiction is that the characters, they reveal themselves. The characters come alive, and pretty soon the characters have a life of them, their own as if they really are in the room with you, and you just have to listen. You just have to listen and, and write what the characters would say. Um, so that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't have a website yet. Are, you, uh, are we going to be having a website, or should we just go to Amazon, or should we send, that, send people to uh, the uh, galactonlegacy.com? Well, um, the galactonlegacy.com, it's just for my sister. Oh, that's just no, for, for me. Um, okay. Hopefully I'm going to have a website, you know, 
Oh, maybe when I finish writing my next, next novel. Book. But for now, there's no website. Well, listen, you are definitely, as I have stated before, you and Michelle are both writers to watch. We're going to have great things coming from you in the future. So I want to just congratulate you and give you lots of kudos on your writing and continuing to write and your process. And just I love it that you just keep going. And you also write poetry, too, I understand. Yes, um, uh, well, before I started writing books, I was a poet, and now I do both. So you're doing everything. So you are a poet and an author, and I just want to wish both you and Michelle a great success in whatever happens in this uh, Georgia Awards. You already are stars. You're already winners in my book. But thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about Ronnie and Bibi. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been a delight. And give my best to your sister, Michelle. We'll get her on in the next uh, few weeks or so when she's available. And until then, right on. This was uh, Nicole Ismailov with her book, Ronnie and Bibi. And I want to thank all of you for being great listeners and for being here every week. May there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith and use the gifts that you've received and pass it on to other people. May you be content knowing that you are a child of God and let this presence settle into your bones and give you the freedom to sing and dance and bask in the sun because it's there for each and every one of you. And as you go out into the day, remember that no one's ever walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths, talents, and skills. You are one of a kind. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate. And read a book this week. It is like a garden in your pocket. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.com and BeTheStarYouAre.org. And until next week when we celebrate again, I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I'm thanking you and encouraging you. Reach for the stars. We'll talk next week. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.